0: Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to another live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing well today on this uh, Thursday. Hope you guys are are positioning yourself to finish this week strong and to maximize uh, the weekend. But with that being said, I want to welcome everyone who's watching me for the very first time. My name is Josh Rezzy, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those joining me for the very first time, it's my live Q&A videos where you're able to ask me questions. And, and based upon my exegetical abilities, experience, or expertise, I'll be able to um, answer your questions. And if you're watching this on a replay, like, man. I like the way that guy answers questions. You want to make sure you're a part of it. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell. Hit all post notifications so you'll know when I go live. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, <clears throat> whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or if you've been a subscriber for 14 minutes, I say thank you so much uh, for trusting with guys and trusting me. And I pray it continues to be treasured to you. But as everyone is coming in live, let me let you all know about some things, some new materials I have or some old material. Like my newest book, Facts Over Feelings, is a great resource for you to be able to process your feelings so that you can find the facts behind them and so that you can get back to fulfilling the roles or your roles in life. Also, check out my other book, The Wholeness Journal is part two to this book here, The Purpose of Singleness. This book is a great resource to really help you process are you whole enough to hold the things you desire or the things you currently have in your life. And it's a great resource to help you process that. Also check out my book, The Purpose of Singleness. If you're looking for a book to help you maximize and find the purpose of your singleness, make sure you check out this book. it would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a resource um, to help you process uh, um, your dating experience, whether it's dating yourself, dating God, uh, to position yourself to be datable so you can date the love your life forever. This book would be a great resource for you. It has a ton of questions in it to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're wondering if the thing or person presented you as a counterfeit or a counterpart, here's a great resource right here. We'll help you discern the will of God for your life. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds and you're looking for a resource to help you untie and uproot those items, here's a great resource here. We also have children's book for third graders, about seven graders. And we also have a book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God and what they represent and how to use them. Also, after watching, feel like, man, I want to support what this guy's doing. All these books, resources, tools, shirts, and ways to give on my website IamUnplugged.com All right, let's get to the questions here. I posted this link a while, like maybe at 4 o'clock, so I'm going to answer the questions that was already posted earlier, and then I'm going to do my best for 15 to 20 minutes uh, to be able to serve you all. The Humble One says, hey coach, I have a question. Everywhere I go, people bother me without a cause. They gang up on and give me dirty stares. I just try, I just try, trying to see what I'm missing because now I see it must be a test. And yes, it is annoying. Also, keep me in your prayers. I'm battling. Okay, gotcha. So basically answer your question. Listen, uh, things are going to bother you uh, if you allow them, right? And so, the best way to ensure something doesn't bother you is to make sure. Uh, um, that you are securing yourself, that you are a- a- investing in your relationship with God, that your fellowship with him is strong, because people are going to annoy you and bother you. But if you're focused more on your goals for that day, if you focus more on fellowship with God that day, if you're focusing more on being aware of his omnipresent, how he's positioned you to be a present wherever someone else, uh, somewhere, uh, whoever accepts your presence, then that will keep you from being easily bothered or triggered, right? And yes, if you if your emotional state, mental state, is in a bothering type state, then it's it's a uh, uh, it's it's showing you or revealing to you that you're possibly uh, a, a need to grow in certain areas, right? And so you got to determine who bothers you. Listen, I don't let too many people bother me. I don't let people bother me at all because I got too much to focus on. I got a child on the way. I got a wife to keep smiling, keep happy. I got a God to glorify. So I have no time to worry about who is bothering me. So the advice that I would give to you is to examine what about you is allowing it to bother you and then begin to really begin to say, okay, today I'm going to focus solely on what, who God is, who I am to him and what he has for me to do. I hope to help. Now, don't get me wrong. People are going to be annoying. People going not get on your nerves. That's life. But when you live life, you will be able to see yourself distracted from people that's trying to distract you from it. And I pray um, God's uh, covering over you, that he will heal you during this time and that you will be standing strong. And I'm praying for you, my sister. Christopher says, hey, coach, congrats on the child. Thank you so much. For those who don't know, coach is expecting a baby. Uh, We have a baby on the way. Uh, So uh, thank you all so much, man, for all the support and love. Your question is, says, I'm wondering if there's some things you only disclose to God. I'm in a bit of a situation. Don't want to share bad news with others as they may not have the solution uh, or only condemn me. Great question. Hey, man uh what uh, the best thing that i go off of when it comes to this is that uh i keep a lot of things between me and my me and god there's a lot of things between me and god my wife don't know and we're not talking about bad things we're just talking about my ventings my my processes my my challenges in areas where my faith may be developing I, as a stabilizer of my home as a man of my house i can't allow Uh, What hits the man to affect my spouse. So, therefore, I practice casting my cares on God so that I won't carry a negative tone, a negative weight, negative energy to the home where my wife has to be unstable or concerned about my well being, right? And so, if you already know people's, uh, the people around you are not strong enough or not spiritually mature enough to be able to weep with you when you weep or rejoice with you when you rejoice, then those people should not be. Uh, allowed to know that information. The word of God is very clear when it comes to ministry and engaging with those. The Bible says weep with those that weep. When I counsel people, kids or whomever, uh, uh, when they give... uh, when there's challenges or whatever they're going through, I don't just immediately just give them 15 scriptures. If I see that they're crying, tears begin to well up in my eyes because I'm filling them. I weep with those that weep. I listen. And when people come to me, no matter how bad the day may have started, I rejoice when they rejoice. Those connector points emotionally help people uh, stay afloat in in, uh, 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 rough waters, right? And so, yeah, keep that stuff between you and God. Nothing wrong with that, brother. Because a lot of people are not mature enough to handle um, things that are hot for you to handle at the moment, if that makes sense. Hope to help. Mary, uh, Mary Marie says, hey, how's everything going, coach? All is well. All is well. These people posted the questions early on. So they might even be on live right now. So let me get through these questions as quickly but precisely as possible. To get to those who's watching right now. Uh, Chris Val says, second question. He says, What do I do regarding my best friend? He's a Christian, but he's constantly pursuing women. I feel a bit weird when he tells me about his actions and intentions. Finally, sorry for all the questions. It's been a while since I've been here. No problem, brother. I'm wondering, does this means, the uh wondering does the means justify the end? If I have good intentions but lie in order to do great, good is that bad? Okay, first question is this. Uh, wh- what do I do regarding my best friend? He's a Christian, but he's constantly pursuing women. I feel a bit weird when he tells me about his actions and intentions. Well, listen, not all friends are meant to be with you to the end. Some friends you outgrow. Some friends you outmature. And when, if you begin to see that this friendship is not benefiting you or profiting you in any kind of way, and 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 if it is the, the negative outcomes of this friendship is, is is outweighing the positive contributions, then it's okay to limit the connections or uh it's cool to keep in touch, but when uh that keeping in touch is touching the way uh is affecting the way you uh, move then it's time to kind of move away uh depending on the maturity of the individual and, and that's nothing wrong with that um some people that show friends right now they're able to handle and sometimes life experiences reveals what's inside your friend and to see the maturity level of your friend now if your friend is just weak in this area but strong in a lot of areas, i'm not talking about get rid of your friends like that but if you begin to see that you outgrown this uh, friendship substantially then it may be time for you to to uh, uh exit it. or just this is Yourself from it, and if it really does bother you, but the friendship is worth having, and y'all know y'all can have honest communication, then I would tell him, "Hey man, uh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable hearing these things, um, especially if his intentions and actions are contrary to the Word of God." And if, and if you begin to feel, um, keeping in touch is affecting the way you are in life, then it's time to say, "Okay, maybe I shouldn't live life with this individual." So what I would do is this: uh, the next time he has that conversation, begin to say, "Hey bro, I don't feel comfortable with this." I don't like talking about this. I don't want to know your personal business. How he responds to that will determine and reveal to you what type of friend he was all this whole time. Some people's friendship is only based upon the fruitfulness of you. Some people are only friends for you because you are fruitful and you are a person of shade. That's why people come to trees. 99.9% of people that goes to a tree only goes to a tree for its fruit and shade. Most people do not go to the fruit uh, of the tree to solely tend the tree. Right, And so if that friend is not willing to attend, is not willing to be with you to the end, then it's time to end that friendship. And also you says, um, I'm wondering, does the means justify the end? If I have good intentions but lie in order to do great good, to do great or good, is that bad? Yeah, that's bad, man. Anytime you have to lie um, to be able to uh, uh, receive something is not beneficial. The best way is God's way. Like the means must be the means by which Christ enables us to do, Right. uh, The means never really justify the end if the means is not according to the word of God, right? If the means ain't clean, then it ain't mean for you to clean. You see what I'm saying? It's not meant, meant for you to hold on to. It's not meant for you to, to try to see where this will take you. God will order your steps. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says he'll make a crooked path straight. The Bible says he'll be a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. The Bible talks about that you'll be the head. I tell us all different things in the word of God says that, that requires you not to have to be mean with your means, contrary to what is clean that comes from God's word. So hope that answered your question. I'm going to get through these. Uh, Marie must say, How's everything going? Jody Real says, Should you move in with somebody while engaged or wait until after the wedding day? Wait until after the wedding day. Anytime you do anything pre full commitment, it's going to cause it to be illegitimate. And what I mean by that is, when you begin to move in with somebody, you're setting yourself up to be tempted, even when you engaged, right. The engagement period, of course, is going to be some level of closeness because y'all getting together. We're not talking about physically, but bonding. But when you move in with the person, you're setting yourself up to be tempted. Now, what happens? Engagement is not really commitment because a lot of people have broken engagements. The level of a relationship in dating, in courting, in engagement is nothing like marriage. Marriage is when you are standing before a preacher, standing before God, ultimately, and standing before people, justifying the reason why y'all are to be together. Then that's when the weight really comes. Engagement, you can move in and, and be mingling and play and play marriage, but don't have the weight of marriage. See, kids be playing house, but that don't mean they're ready to have a house. Kids play house, people build homes. Right. And if you're not willing to go to uh, uh, the full extent, then you're going to start doing things sexually, emotionally. Y'all going to be playing too much house to even be able to eventually build a home. Because when the pressure of marriage comes, and when that ring is on your finger, and when you stand before God in covenant with that man or woman, then that's when the real pressure hits. And if you're not willing to endure engagement and the temptation of it, you won't be able to really understand the beauty of of reserving those things in marriage. One thing that I realized in my marriage and the beauty of it is the trial and error. It's the engagement. It's the mess ups. It's the learning each other uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, learning each other financially. That's the beautiful part because when two opposite end of the spectrum individuals come together with the spirit of God in it, it's a beautiful mirror of the Holy Spirit uh, um, 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 realities, his, his essence. And it really proves God, man. And so if you move in with a person in engagement, there is no real pressure of commitment because you can get some cookies and mix and mingle and play house and do all that fun stuff. Even if it's to save money, you'll be setting yourself the phones into greater temptations. And then what happens when you get married and now you're really held accountable? Hope they're out. Brittany Powell says, do you have tips on negotiating salary? Good question. Uh, well, basically you got to have leverage to have leverage and you got to have experience in order to really get something out of negotiating salary um you got to be a person that they are that they are unable to lose if they can lose you and find someone better then you have leverage but when you know you're valuable to a company you valuable to wherever you work you can negotiate because you have leverage because now you bring competitors in especially like so so you got to ask yourself do i have the leverage Do I have the experience to negotiate a salary? People got to look at your resume and see if you're able to resume what's on your resume. If I push play right now, will you be able to resume at a high level what's on your resume? And so that's why I know that my value to what I contribute to my school or wherever I contribute is so high that if, that if negotiations are ever needed, I know that I can do what I I could ask for what I'm worth because I know what I'm worth and I know what I'm valued. And I know that if I wasn't here, this thing caves in. So in order to set yourself up to negotiate a salary in the future, if you're unable to do it now, is to do is to do more than what you paid now. Do more what you pay for now, increase your value, work on people's skills, become so valuable that people say, I'll pay you whatever to stay. And that's my best advice on that. Uh, let's see here. Cut this fan on. Huh? Can you kiss outside of marriage? And also, are are you supposed to move in with your husband after marriage? How does the whole move-in process work? Great question. Um, Yeah, when it comes to anything physical, because you got to go all the way back to touching, uh holding hands or whatever. Anything that causes you to stumble and you know that you can't handle, we're talking about little things. We ain't talking about the bang bangs, you know what I'm saying? But we're talking about the little things like that. You got to be careful with it because if it triggers you to go down a deeper path, then it's best to leave it alone. That's my advice on kissing. Because no matter what I say, people going to kiss, Right. But so if you know for a fact that kissing is going uh, um, to lead to you kissing all over each other's bodies, then it's time to you know know that we can't do that. We got to set standards on that, right? Uh, outside of marriage and also, are we are we supposed to, how are, are you supposed to move in with your husband after marriage? Uh, how does the whole moving process work? Well, this is what, this is my advice and this just is what it is. A man has to be able to, to the best of his ability, provide. There's something about a man providing it's, it does something to a man. I don't ask money for my wife. I don't need my wife's money. I don't. I love providing. I love taking care of all the bills. I love it. That's that's the essence of a man. Now, when it comes in a move in process, I don't think uh, I think a woman should at least give the man the opportunity to provide a home. That's why if you're, in, if you're in an engagement, if you're in a dating process and you're thinking about buying a house, you got to have a conversation with that man and say, hey, I'm looking to buy a home. Are you in a position to do so? Because I, because if this a man God has for you, there's something beneficial about a man providing that home. Uh, so the move-in process, uh, I mean, who am I to say? But I just say, man, it, it, it feels better to a man when a woman moves into the house that he has got prepared. A man gets the house or a man and woman can collaborate together and get a house, right? I'm not saying I'm saying a man only, but a man should be leading at least. If the woman is a breadwinner, all that stuff, the man should be able to be a good financial story to be able to lead the process. But a man's goal is to ensure, the man is to provide the house while the woman provides the home. You see what I'm saying? And I just think that's that helps a man to stay uh, uh, in that provisional uh, 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 space um, to keep that woman successful. I mean, not successful, but to keep the woman secure and stable. And so that when she do have children, if she don't want to work, she can stay all those kind of things. And that's why, that's why it just can't be about emotional and mental connections. When it comes to marriage, you got to be able to say, do we match? And do we agree when it comes to spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial things, right? Because when you guys agree on all those things, because most a lot of people get married for the physical and emotional or the mental, but they never think about the spiritual and the financial. When me and my wife met, we didn't get married to five years after we started dating or four years after we started dating, right? We was ready to meet, but we wasn't ready to marry. And that's a good principle that you have to understand, that there were some things I had to mature in, in order for her to feel comfortable as a woman, to be led by a man, as led by the spirit man, the spirit of God, I mean. Um, so when that begins to happen, then that brings level of security stability in the woman and the woman feels more comfortable and sure uh, about this, this union between the divine and them individuals. How the hell, man. By the grace of God says, I have a question about my brother who is locked up. He is not a believer. So I told him to remember all the bad things he has done and repent. And he got mad at me and said, I was judging him and that he was done with me also, but I don't have the desire to visit him. Well, you have to begin to see him where he is. He already knows he's in, he's in a bad space right now uh, 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 and mentally and and physically because he's in, in jail. He's locked up. Um, And so what I would do, the best way you could do for anyone who is not converted, because when you speak spiritual things with a spirit that hasn't been cultivated by the Holy Spirit, then you're really going to spark negative things in the spirit of that person. So the only thing that you can do to someone like that is love them, love them, pray for them, uh, uh, be there however you can by the leading of the Holy Spirit for them. Because love covers them all to the sin. Like love is the thing that makes people want to come to God. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws man to repentance. And so you never want to go at a person who's already in a negative space and then tell them to repent and 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 whatever repent and believe the gospel happens it is in is a unison work between you and the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit has to go before you and cultivate the ground so that when the seed is planted it can respond to the hard words of repent and believe right and but if that if the Holy Spirit hasn't gone before you and there's just nothing but zealous evangelism without the greatest evangelist at work prior then you're going to spark things that that, that is going to kind of hinder that person from from coming um, to the cross. And so what I would do is go to him and say, hey, man, I apologize if I came a little too strong. Just want to say I love you and I'm here if you need me. Then you'll begin to see a little bit more um, bend towards you um, because it's not the feelings of reminding him of what he has done negatively. And then all of a sudden he doesn't even want to be around because he's already in the bad spot. Hope that help. Georgia Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? It's JoJo out of Fort Worth. How do I make the most of my singleness? Great question. Well, you have to understand that singleness is a gift. It's a gift from God. It's a gift that makes ensures that you become a gift that can be given. If you don't realize what you are as a gift and the gift of the Holy Spirit in your singleness, how can you be a gift? Some people think that they are the prize. You are not the prize. Just because you have a nice body, just because you have a lot of money, don't make you the prize. The prize inside of you are the intangible things that are only sparked by the Spirit of God. No one wants to marry someone who's not a person of love, joy, peace patience, gentleness, meekness, uh, uh, and kindness, self-control, right? You want to be able to say, okay, what can I truly offer someone? First thing I'd you ask yourself, okay, who do I want uh, as an offering? <laughs> who do I want God to offer me? And then ask yourself, do, what do I have to offer that person I want offered to me? And if you don't match it, then you got to go make room to match it. And a lot of people don't understand the gift of their singleness, and they realize that they didn't maximize that time. And when they didn't maximize that time, now they are unable to be beneficial to anyone else. So how do you make the most of your singleness? First, you got to be constantly engaging with the master. And then get into mastery engage the master and get into mastery. What I mean, but you got to start building a relationship with God with now because your relationship and your singleness will determine the level of relationship that you will have with his spouse. If you and God ain't tight now, it's going to be hard to feel, find that tightness with God in the marriage. You got to get involved with the master. In order to make the most of your singleness, you got to be with the master day in and day out. And, and next, you got to get into mastery. You gotta say, okay. What do not only do I need the Holy Spirit to help me master my flesh, but I gotta master things in my life because how I met my 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 wife was through the mastery of ministry. Like if if I wasn't operating and uh, or uh, mastering my craft, then my the books right now which are bringing money into my relationship. It, it, imagine if I didn't master my writing. Imagine if I didn't master my ability to um, to to do my words. Right. Would I even have books to offer a financial re- residual income for my home? You see what I'm saying? In order to make the most of my singleness, I got to I got to daily meet with the master and become a, a mold of that master, mature in the things of God and master my craft. Number two, got to be able to get out all the negative things that's inside of you. All the negative things, habits, traits, and ways you got to get off of you. The Bible says, lay aside every weight in sin that's so easily beset you, right? You gotta get it off of you. What are those negative habits that that, that, that are on you right now? You got to get them off you. If, if that's what you use your singleness for, getting things off of you, getting things out of you, right? Off weights, out habits. You got to get the weights off of you. You know, the pressures of pleasing people, the pressures of people, get that off you. And you got to get negative habits and traits out of you so that you can be lighter. Nobody wants to be married to a heavy person. I tell you all the time, when you step on a scale, you weigh more than what your body say. How heavy is your soul? How heavy are your thoughts? How heavy is your heart? Right? You got to get things off and out of you. That's how you make the most of your signals. Number three, you got to begin to make sure that Christ is your security that you're secure in Christ. Because if you're not secure in Christ, then you're going to try to find your security in her or him or them. When the kids come, how many people are trying to live vicariously through their children? How many people are making gods out of their spouses? You got to find your security in God so you can stand on your own two feet And not be uh, 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 finding your security in someone else. Because when you try to find your security in someone else, you're looking for that thing to complete you. You got to already come completed. Nobody buys a product with missing pieces. People tend to buy things that are already completed. People don't go out there and buy a car with three doors missing one door. Nobody goes and buy an iPhone missing the back or a battery, nobody goes and buys anything that's not completed. And your completion must be in Christ. Completion doesn't mean you're perfect. Completion means that I don't need you. I want a wife. I want a husband, but I don't need one. need leads to perversion, right? And last but not least, in order to make the most of your singleness, take your time because you won't be able to get this back again. There's just certain things that I can't do anymore now that I'm married and that's okay. I've matured. I don't need to do that. But singleness, take your time, enjoy it. This is my last summer, y'all. Not alive, because I'm gonna live a long time. I ain't gonna never have a summer like this again. When that baby, as he comes, that's it. When I that that summer right before I got married, that's it. My life never. I can never just come home by myself and don't have to worry about a honey do list. Yeah, <laughs> those things over. When that baby come in November, those days are over. So take your time and enjoy it. In order to make the most of your single number one, you got to be with the master and be molded into his master. Copy. Then you got to begin to master things in your craft so you can create residual income, residual impact that will impact your family. Next, you got to be able to get things off you and out of you so that you can be able to be light enough to be able to be an equal yoke with the person that you're going to be building with. Next, you got to make sure you find your security in Christ, man, so that you can make sure that you're able to compliment someone versus looking to be completed. A com- this complete shirt compliments the hooping shorts I got on right now. Complete things compliment. And if you're unable to be completed by Christ, how will you be able to compliment someone else? And last but not least, take your time. Singleness is beautiful. And so that when you get to marriage, you won't have no regrets about the time you took being single. Got to go, y'all. Love y'all. Uh, wife coming home. Y'all be blessed. I, I hope this uh, message was a blessing. Not message. What? Yeah, Q&A was uh a, was a blessing to you. Hope you all got a lot out of it. Make sure you hit that all post notifications, man, so that you'll know when I'm going live so you can get your questions answered. Uh, and also check out these latest items like my book, Facts Over Feelings. How to process your feelings and find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling your roles and the things of God. Also check out my book, The Wholeness Journal, if you, which is part two of my book, The Purpose of Singleness. If you want to uh, be in position to hold things properly, make sure you check out this book here. If you're looking, like a lot of people asked about singleness and how to maximize it, here is a great book right here, The Purpose of Singleness, How to Maximize and How to uh, Find the Purpose of your singleness. If you're looking for another book to help you with your dating experience, learning how to date, God, you something become dateable so you can they love your life forever, and also ask the questions that will either end or extend, in the wrong relationship or extend the right one. Great book here. If you're looking for a book to help you Uh, With the counterfeits and whether or not this person's legitimate, then this book would be a great book on teaching you how to discern what's in front of you. If you're looking for a book to help you uh, with soul ties and strongholds, when the sun sets free, is free and deep. If you want to learn about the purpose of freedom and how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, here's a great book here. We also have a children's book that will benefit, I believe, uh, fourth graders and up, fourth about sixth, seventh graders. Great book there. Also check out my book, World War Me, How to Win the War Within. It's a great Book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God. Teaches you how to armor, what the armor is, and how it benefits you. We also have merch, and if you feel led to support what I do, like man, I like this guy's channel. I want to support it to ensure he keeps uh, moving and keep, continues to create books and resources. And I want to support what he does for the kids and how he's helping them create books and all that kind of stuff. Make sure you check all that out on my website, unplug.com I'll post the links right here. Here's, I think I have a link here where you can support and also the website is there as well. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray y'all was blessed by it. I see y'all next time. Love y'all. Peace.